On this morning's show, we are joined by Andrew Sullivan, founder of Asian Market Sense. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Nathan. And by Frederick Chu, Managing Director at Magnum Research. Good morning, Frederick. Good morning, gentlemen. All right, so I'd like to concentrate, for most part, this morning on uh, Hong Kong. As we had Stephen Roach proclaiming the death of Hong Kong in an FT article last week, yet we have Paul Chan proclaiming the success of the GBA that's going to bring, that it will bring to the finance sector. So how do you current see, currently see things here? Um, I'll start with you, Andrew. Well, I think to an extent he's actually right that you know, Hong Kong's best years are over, but he also makes some, some mistakes. I mean, Hong Kong's performance, yes, the market is back to you know, 1997 levels. But you have to remember also that, you know, total returns over that time have actually been quite good. And actually, the composition of the index is very different. You know, at the time of the handover, we really focused on, you know, Chung Kong, Hutch, Sun and Kai, HSBC, whereas today we're you know, very much more China orientated. But I think from the aspect of freedom in Hong Kong and dynamic ability to do business, we've really been harmed by COVID and we've dropped off a lot to people's radar screens. And of course, we're very much linked to the Chinese economy, which is not doing well. And Frederick? Yeah, I, I mean, I've read the article. I think I agree um, on his uh, view towards the, uh, you know, the global political environment. Uh, but then if he says, um, you know, Hong Kong is over, I think it really depends on which angle that he sees it of using the word over. I think we are much more integrated into the uh, greater you know, the China landscape. Um, but then at the same time, we are being pulled out uh, from foreign investments, uh, you know, alongside with the, with the, with the situation uh, of, of the inbound, inbound uh, investment into China as well. Um, and the dependency of, of Hong Kong's capital markets and economy on, uh, you know, on China, it's um, has been growing much more. Um, so I'm not too, I'm not really to agree with, uh, you know, just because of the extradition or because of the uh, national national law that's causing uh, Hong Kong into into trouble. I mean, the global economy is is not doing well uh, as a as a as, as a whole. Um, so you know, yeah, this is some. He made some good points, but uh, I don't think it, it's a it's a full picture of, um, uh, it's a perception thing, I, I guess. Well, I don't think Stephen is the first person to claim Hong Kong to be dead. I mean, 84, when Maggie Thatcher signed the treaty to hand over, there was people proclaiming Hong Kong to be dead then. We've had 97 to 2003 when we have the Asian financial crisis and SARS and Hong Kong proclaimed to be dead then. Um, Hong Kong's always had this ability to bounce back and reinvent itself. Um, I know we're saying that we're very much in intrinsically linked to Chinese economy at the moment, and the China economy is under is underperforming. Um, but will Hong Kong do another tran uh, transformation and transition and reinvent itself in another way? I mean, there is this big rhetoric about East meets West, which is what Hong Kong's always supposed to have done. Can it get it right and actually detract the West back? Um, I'll start with you, Andrew. I think it's going to be a problem. I mean, in the past, I mean, a lot of those recreations were very much driven by the private sector recreating itself and finding new business opportunities. I think we're very much more restricted in that now, partly through the national security law, because firms are worried about, you know, what that actually implies for them. I mean, we've seen law firms isolating their databases here. Um, historically, Hong Kong has been very much the government has been laissez-faire, and now we're seeing the government saying, it wants to um, make Hong Kong into a tourist centre. 
well, we've never really been a tourist centre. We've always been a business centre. So, you know, trying to compete on a tourism base when you're a financial centre, I think is going to be very, very difficult. Um, and realistically, I think we want, you know, less government interference and allowing the private sector, you know, to get on and do what it does best, which is find business opportunities. Frederick? Yeah, I think we have to... Um... <clears throat> We have to admit one thing is that the in the past Hong Kong has been a bridge between the east and west. So basically, you, you're bridging you know China and the and the and the and the, and the foreign foreign world. Uh, but that role is no more uh, because many reasons. Because China has been opening up. If you want to do business, you can go. You can choose to go directly into China because of the U.S.-China tension. Now you know the um, the uh, the uh, you know foreign investors are not. And not choosing China as a as an investment destination, um, so I think the only way for Hong Kong to transform itself is um, by all means going into the uh, Greater Bay Area, which is now been promoting uh, very 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 largely. Um, so I think this is stru the structural change of the role of Hong Kong. But what we are seeing is um, it, it seems that Hong Kong is moving uh, or transforming in a slower pace than it should be. Uh, like we're still thinking or hoping that we can be, you know, helping the bridge uh, over the 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 um, the uh, you know China and outside. Uh, I think if we want to keep that, the only chance for us is when the U.S. and you know the China tension has been you know largely over. But which um, this is now um, not 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 something that we can see in the in the, in the foreseeable future. So I think I think Frederick. Because I think you've also got to bear in mind, though, that the trouble with us being closer in with China is now that we compete with 21 other cities in China that have got over 5 million people. Uh, and as he says, if you want to do business directly in China, you can go directly to any one of those cities. You don't need Hong Kong in the same way as you, know, you possibly did historically. Okay, uh, just right, to touch yeah. on that, can I just check? Won't you say that the legal system and financial system being different gives Hong Kong that slight advantage, or is that no longer yeah, the case? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to mention about this. Yeah, you, we can't we can't compete with so many uh, cities in in the you know in the, in the, in, the, in the same level. But what we should do is, as long as we still retain, for instance, uh, you know, a, a financial uh, regulatory framework, then I think we still have the uh, competitive edge. But it won't be the same as before that you that everyone has to go through Hong Kong uh, uh, for for both sides. And what about the legal? differences does that not uh, keep hong kong slightly ahead as well well i think i think one of the things there will that you know makes the evergrand case very interesting is before you know it's always been assumed that you know english law would would prevail and would give people security uh, and that was the preference i mean this liquidation will really show whether that's the case so i think on that on that factor we'll, we'll wait and see Okay, so Andrew, I want to touch. You talked about Hong Kong. It's never been a tourist city. It's it's always been a business city. But if you look at the major financial markets, whether it be New York, whether it be London, they're a bit of both. They're business and tourism. Um, but yet, you're saying Hong Kong shouldn't necessarily concentrate on the tourism, but concentrate on the business. Can't they both go hand in hand? Well, I don't think so. I mean, you know, in Asia, there are a lot of you know tourist destinations where you go to relax. I mean, just think about how many high-class hotels do we have beachfronted in Hong Kong? Um, how much of, you know, we don't have a theatre sector. You know, we're not, you know, we, we do have and we have tried to build up our mice 
uh, you know, exhibitions and things like that. But we're coming very late to that game, and you've got Macau right next door. So where would you prefer to holiday? Hong Kong uh, in a high-rise city or Macau with uh, some beaches and, uh, you know, a very much a tourism destination? I've got to take you out to Saikang, Andrew, man. <laughs> um, oh, I, I, no, I think you're right. I mean, I think there are lots of places. I mean, I go hiking. You can hike out of out of central and over to the south side of the island, and it takes you a couple of hours. And you go through, you know, what what could be the you know the Lake District in the UK. But I mean, we don't promote ourselves as that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't see guides going around doing that. You see, most of those tourists that came were mainland tourists, and we're getting increasingly you know, tourist groups that are low spending, they're not interested in going shopping. Uh, they're interested in being taken around the, uh, the, the main sites around Central, you know, the, um, the Pahana Square, they go and see the wheel in, in Central, go and see Chim Sao Choi, and then they go off to Macau. Um, that's, the, that's the package tour, three days and you're done. Yeah, I think the other thing it's the other thing it's um, the, the, on the tourism part that uh, traditionally Hong Kong has been a shopping paradise for people to come, enjoy the metropolitan, and then you know uh, uh, do shoppings at the at the at the relatively lower tax barriers. Um, but in at the same time, the the tour, the tourists in Hong Kong it's largely depending on mainland China. But then the you know the way that the mainland Chinese uh, come to, come to Hong Kong. What they're looking for is, is now changed. Um, so, like Andrea said, they, they want to be more adventurous. They want to, you know, go into locals and just, just look at the, the uh, you know, specials, specialty of the city rather than coming in and do the shopping. Uh, if you look at Macau, like uh, I've been in Macau for for Chinese New Year, the casinos are less popular, very obviously than 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 before. Whereas some of the local sightseeings. Um, uh, uh, you know, growing much, much more interest by the, by, the to, by the Chinese tourists. And what the Macau government did is they have transformed those, um, you know, uh, uh, lo- local sightseeing uh, uh, centers and becoming more catering to the to the to what the uh, uh, tourists is now lo- looking for. I think Hong Kong has been a little bit laid back on this front. So then, we- I think also you sorry they, the on. Chinese government. The Chinese government really did crack down on uh, taxing watches and handbags being brought into China from Hong Kong. I mean, a lot of the spending here from rich mainlanders used to be because they were worried about fakes in, in China. And that's no longer the case. And the fact that, uh, you know, you can't get personal shoppers to bring it in tax free from you anymore has really changed the, the market. And you look at people like Chow Tai Fook, you know, they've increased the number of branches they have on the mainland and, and closed a number of the branches in Hong Kong because they can sell direct there and people aren't so worried about fakes as they were 20 years ago. So just to touch on a few points, um, Andrew, you talked about the um, theatre sector. Hong Kong's trying to develop West Kowloon. Talk about new culture. Hong Kong's trying to develop Kai Tak. So that's all coming on in the next couple of years. I agree it's a bit late, but we're doing it. Um, so we're not trying to replicate in New York and London. But bef- um, as we don't have much time, do you not ultimately think that the reality is it's just a really bad PR job for Hong Kong because we've talked about it. We've got beautiful beaches. We've got amazing scenery around Sai Kung on hikes and peak to south side from Lantau all over we've got you know we've got a lot going for us and it's all within a very small area so it's very convenient for tourists to do all of this within a very short period of space of time so maybe it's just a pr job that we're promoting the wrong things as opposed to what hong kong offers um we've only got about a minute so for 30 seconds each i'll start with you frederick um yes i think uh the government will have to be uh doing 
you know, a, a, in, a, in, a, in a bit more, you know, um, focused way rather than doing something more like very superficial, like each district of Hong Kong, just putting up your own signs and for people to come in and take pictures. I, I think that just wouldn't work. Fair enough. And Andrew? Well, I don't think the football match helped very much. Um, and I think, I think the reality is that, you know, gov it's not something government should do. It's something that, you know, local entrepreneurs should be out there leading, uh, but they just don't have the confidence to do that. But isn't that what the tourism board's out there for? Yeah, but I mean, realistically, I mean, how much do you know about the tourism board? I mean, when Ralph was driving that, we got a new sign, which was the dragon that's on government building in Admiralty. And we spent millions on that <laughs> rather than really promoting people coming to Hong Kong. We've never really promoted, you know, we, we do these tourism destinations, but it's, you know, it lacks the, the, the real depth behind it. We can have a nice glossy brochure, but there's not a lot behind it. And that's the trouble when government gets involved in administrating something that it shouldn't really be involved in, I think. All right. Um, well, that was a good, lively discussion. So I'd like to thank you both coming, uh, for coming on. That's all we have time for. So that's Andrew Sullivan, founder of Asian Market Sense, and Frederick Chu, Managing Director at Magnum Research. Thank you, guys. <laughs>